it's okay to say that it sucks and you shouldn't let anyone make you feel guilty for saying that it sucks. You're allowed to have a bad day and you're allowed to have a hard time, but you shouldn't live that way. It's okay to say that it sucks and you shouldn't feel guilty about it, but you also have to keep going and the only way out is through. One foot in front of the other, one step at a time, little by little, God made mountains by stacking rocks. Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. On today's show, we'll be discussing how to find gratitude when you're feeling stuck. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. Before I introduce you to our guest today, let me start by sharing a message from Naked Parent Nation. Naked parenting is the process of moving from where you are today to liberation. Naked parenting understand that the mind is responsible for all your problems. On your journey, you will eliminate suffering so you can be present and joy-filled in order to give your child, our children, the best version of ourselves. Naked Parent Nation is a worldwide community of parents and professionals raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truth support our fellow parents and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we're able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment one day at a time. This is the process of naked parenting, whether it's your first step on the path or your 10th. I'd like to welcome you to Naked Parent Nation and the Naked Parent Podcast. So as we do before we get to our conversation, a moment, find our center, find a moment of space where we can be grounded and get rid of all of the yuck of the world. So if you wanna just get comfortable, sit up straight if you'd like with your spine erect and then let your eyes fall closed and hear the sound coming in the background. And intend to be happy. The practice of loving kindness can help us respond to our own mind with friendliness. Our mind can take us on all kinds of journeys. Unfortunately, our thoughts don't always do what we want them to do. And the body 
may not always feel the way we want it to feel. Loving kindness meditation encourages us to meet whatever experience we find in life with caring and gentleness, a gentle heart. This helps us see life more clearly. It helps us practice kindness on a daily basis. In loving kindness, we can invite ourselves to go inside for care and comfort and not look outside, which is where we often look for feeling better, for success, for the life we thought we want, we think we want. So be in your body, again, be comfortable in a comfortable posture and feel your feet on the ground and focus on your breath, your inhale, and on each exhale, just find a little bit deeper relaxation. Listen to your body. Is there any discomfort? Do you feel sensations in your fingers or in your toes? Is your mind bringing up all kinds of nonsense? Say to yourself, yes, I want to be happy. And with this intention in mind, begin offering yourself phrases of loving kindness. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I be safe. May I be at ease. And then continue saying that to yourself. Find one phrase that connects with the rhythm of your breath and just take a moment to say that phrase as you consciously breathe. And just remember wherever the day goes, whatever comes in your way, remember that you can go hide in the bathroom and find a place to give yourself loving kindness and stay with whatever phrase speaks love to you for as long as you need to realize you are enough. You are loved, you are okay. And you have this family who loves you too. 
And as you come back into your body, you come back into the room, you can open your eyes whenever you're comfortable and just smile and remember how amazing you are and how far you've come. And that is our moment of grounding because I'm excited to get to our conversation today with Ashley Brown. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. A book that is Maddox the Boy and the Pirate Adventure. I'm excited to hear more about that. You're a former teen mom. I've aged out. You've aged out. That's cool. And you're doing a lot of writing. And when you're not writing, you're lifting weights, you're running marathons, you're gardening, you're reading, you're doing so many cool, healthy things. Does that sound like you? Yeah. Welcome to the show. And tell us a little bit about you and Maddox and where you live and and what your life kind of looks like so we can understand you a little bit better. Yeah, so I'm not just a single parent. I consider myself an only parent. It's just me. A lot of people, they hear single parent and they think, you know, your kid's going back and forth a lot. And it's just me all the time. I'm mom. I'm 25 now. So I'm aged out of the teen mom range. Um, Yogi as well. So I I was like, oh, the parent podcast. Hell yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's not that kind of naked. Yeah. (laughs) Maddox just turned six and he has autism and sensory processing disorder. So he's naked as well, a lot. So I always tell people, any time of day, any time of year, you can come over to my house and someone will be naked, probably eating cereal. That's his thing. Yeah, that's the thing. That's my thing too. It's it's maybe a little bit more of a genetic trait. Yeah. When did the special needs part of the journey surface? When did stuff look different than you thought it was supposed to look? It's kind of a weird story. So Maddox was actually supposed to be born still. He wasn't supposed to even make it. They told me he wasn't going to make it. And then miraculously he did. And he was in the NICU and all of that stuff. And when they brought him to me, I kept saying there was something wrong with his eyes. And I thought that maybe he couldn't see. I thought part maybe he might be blind. And they were like, no, they're fine. I was like, okay, that's really weird. Like, I don't know. He didn't look at me right. And then when he was a baby, he was very energetic. He never slept the way he was supposed to. He actually reached all of his physical milestones very, very early because he was so energetic. He sat up really early, he crawled really early. And so whenever I would have a concern, the pediatricians would kind of shut me down. They'd be like, oh no, see, he can crawl. He can walk just fine. But fortunately for me, my mom has a master's degree in early child development. Uh Uh-huh. I would come to her with these concerns and she'd be like, yeah, you're right. Like, I see that too. Like, you're not, you're not crazy. And as he got older, he just slept less and less and less to the point where when he was at his diagnosis, it was just shortly after his second birthday, he was only sleeping two hours a night and then he for 22 hours a day. And it just became very undeniable at that point. Like there was a lot of push it down and push it down and no, no, it's fine. And other people saying, oh, no, 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 he's fine. But having family support was helpful. And then I think all of us reach a point where we're like, yeah, we can't ignore the signs. It's just too obvious. Yeah. So becoming a parent is hard enough as it is. Like, you know, going from zero to one is hard. There's no roadmap for it. You're a teenager. That has to make it even harder. Yeah. And then you find out 
like it's on your radar that your kid might have special needs. I mean, are you suicidal, depressed? And I mean, I, that's what I would be. I like, uh, yeah, how, yeah. like how nuts was it in the early days? It was suicidal, depressed. It was super, super nuts. I'm in the very, most people wouldn't say this. I'm in the fortunate position where I actually grew up with addiction in my home. And normally that's not seen as a good thing, but uh-huh. everyone in my family was sober now at this point, And we had gone through a lot of healing as a family. And so we were in a very open place. My sister in particular, um, I, there's nothing I can't tell her. And no matter how shameful it is, I don't have shame with her. She's also a counselor. So she can also have that professional hand and uh, the throes of addiction. And then when I was really suicidal and engaging in self-destructive behaviors, she walked through the fire with me. Um, and now we just have this really unbreakable bond. Wow. You know, my kids haven't seen their mom in three or four years. She's a meth addict. And, you know, I definitely exposed them to some some gnarly stuff early on. And they are like amazing because of it. It's like yeah. if, if you survive, which isn't a guarantee coming from yeah. this kind of place, but if you do, like you have to evolve in some special way to make it through. So that's really an interesting perspective to share. I've never heard it like that. Did the weightlifting and marathons and gardening, is that like part of the healing process, part of the medic, the oh. medicinal formula? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. And I have tried medications and things like that before and nothing made a difference the way that exercise and going outside and gardening has done. One thing with feeling stuck about gardening is you never look at your plant and go, oh, you just need to blossom a whole bunch of apples tomorrow. Like you wait for the apple tree to grow. And it kind of taught me patience with myself. And it was very helpful for having patience with my child who's delayed. You know, when my pumpkin plant wasn't blossoming, I was like, well, what's going on? Why should I, how do I need to trim it? Does it need this fertilizer? And we as humans are just complicated plants. And maybe I'm a pumpkin plant and maybe you're a tomato plant and we're all different plants, but we're all plants. We all need sunlight and water and nutrients and doing those things is really what helped me get over the edge. And my sister was a meth and heroin addict and she was like, you know, when your mental health is this bad, you need to treat it the same way I did when I was getting sober. And that was kind of a wake up call for me because I was like, I saw her from the outside looking in, but I couldn't see myself from the outside looking in. And I was like, wow, I'm really in a bad place. (laughs) (laughs) But I also saw her go through it and those steps and I gave me a format of what to do and how to be better. And one of the things was, making a big gratitude list and getting into fitness. And she's the one who got me into running in the first place. So it was, that's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That running was, um, was big for me at a point. So Maddox, what does a difficult day look like when his challenges are in full bloom? So right now he's on spring break, but we live in Northern Utah. We're on a mountain actually, we live right uh-huh. on the mountain. And we have about three foot of feet of snow outside right now. Wow. And having his sensory issues, it's really, really difficult, the kind of extreme weather here. So yesterday he was wrapped in a blanket virtually the whole day. And anytime I tried to get him up or get him to do anything, he just cried and he was very, very upset. Mm. And I was like, you can't just lay in bed all day. 
But eventually I got him some like Play-Doh and clay and I brought some of his comfort things to him in bed and that kind of got him at least somewhat up, but he definitely has a little bit of a the baby seasonal affect and he just gets so sad and has to stay inside and he cries a lot. He won't eat a lot of times. I'll be like, no, you have to eat. It's going to make your mood worse if you're super hungry. You won't choose food. It's kind of where we're at right now until the snow starts melting. Um, But typically he's outside all day, which is mostly good. But sometimes it's difficult because I'm like, well, I need to go in and make food. I need to, you need to go inside and go to the bathroom. You need to, I haven't cleaned my house all day because we have been stuck outside and I can't leave you outside. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. I'd rather him be playing outside than laying in bed crying. But it's like half the year I get a lot of housework done because he just wants to lay in bed. The other half of the year I never go inside at all. And I'm sunburned and dehydrated. Yeah. So how old is he again? Six. Does he, is school or preschool or anything on happening? Yeah. So he has been doing kindergarten right now. And then he's about to start full-time ABA. And then after that, he's going to go to first grade as well. But he's just been going through the school district program. But it, I realized this year, probably when it was a little too late, that it it wasn't rigorous enough for him. He needs a lot more stimulation. That's why he craves things like being outside all of the time, because you get the sounds and the smells and all of the different textures. And school was not enough. Yeah. What's his communication like? Maddox... I part of why I wanted to write the book is I feel like Maddox doesn't get as represented in a lot of media about autism as much as other types. I used to say he's nonverbal, but he's not really. Right now he does one word or like really short sentences like let's go car, but he uses mostly echolalia. So the other day I brought him a bowl of goldfish and he goes, the snack that smiles back. No crave those crazy squares, which meant he wanted Cinnamon Toast Crunch instead. So it's like he talks, but he doesn't talk. It's not a two-way conversation like we're having. Uh Uh-huh. But I can't really say he's nonverbal either because he runs his mouth (laughs) quite a bit. How does that make him misrepresented? Because I feel like it tends to, you only kind of see the two extremes. You have the people who are fully communicative and conversational, and then you have the people that don't really talk at all and are always on the iPad. And he uses the iPad when he gets frustrated because he struggles to get his words when he starts to get a heightened emotion. But for the most part, he just will tell me little things like the snack that smiles back or (laughs) crave those crazy squares, things like that. Or he might be like, if he wants like a mint, he likes mints for some reason. He'll say like, ho, 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 Merry Christmas because he associates them with candy canes. Uh Uh-huh. But I, I know that that means, oh, it means a mint. That's cute. It's, it's probably less cute when you hear it all the time, but it's super it's cute. It's pretty cute you, still. <laughs> yeah, it's really cute. Are you close? Is he able to be close with people with you? Like yeah. emotionally or how does that? Yeah, Maddox. One of the bigger hindrances that we faced during COVID was Maddox really struggled with separation anxiety from me. And so what we did during the early intervention period was work on him being away from me slowly but surely. And then right as he was about to start preschool, everything shut down and he regressed in all of that. So he is very, he can be kind of clingy. He wants to be with mommy a lot. And then when things opened up, they were like, okay, just send him to school full time. And I was like, I can't, he's clingier than ever. Like I take him with me everywhere. Part of that is because I have to. Yeah. Being it just the two of us, we're kind of connected up the hip, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where did the inspiration for the book come? Maddox, one of the ways that he communicates besides his little like words and jingles is through play and through crafts. He's very good with like his Play-Doh making little characters. He'll add, he'll take Play-Doh and add things onto toys to make it look more like the character he's trying to play. And he loves to reenact stories. So I've been telling verbally stories about Maddox to like my little nieces and they just think it's so hilarious. And I put him on these grandiose adventures. And one day he was doing something and I was like, I need to write this down or I'm going to forget it. And I wrote it down and I was just reading it to my family thinking like, oh, this will be a fun kind of almost like a baby book and just a family memory. And everyone was like, oh my God, you need to publish this. Awesome. You're crowdsourcing this book? Yes. And what stage are you at? I don't know a lot about crowdsourcing. So can you tell us a little bit about that and how we can get involved and kind of the timeline for it? Yeah. So initially I was looking at going the traditional route of trying to shop the book around to people, but you tend to have a lot less control over the book. And since it's about my actual child and I want it to represent him accurately, I decided that wasn't in not only my best interest, but his best interest. So we decided to go the self-publishing route. So I'm using Kickstarter as the platform and it's actually almost works as like a pre-order. So when you donate money, it works as a pre-order and you can pre-order different packages as well. So some of them include things like I would do a reading and answer questions about autism or the book or the process for anyone or for kids. Some of them are signed copies. There's a lot of different bundles that you get a better deal on the book with too. You can do donations, but... We do have a timeline. It has to be fully funded by the 21st of this month. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And if it's you don't have it fully, yeah, if you don't have it fully funded by then, everybody gets their money back. So you could donate to it. And then if I don't get the full funding, you'll get your money back immediately. So it's not just a donation process. Um, since it is kind of working as a pre-order, if there's nothing to pre-order because we don't get fully funded, then you get your money back. There's no, there's some risk, but there's not a big lose-lose for your part on donation. Sounds cool. Uh, so what, are you just starting? Is it, where are you at? Is it, is there already up? Is the... Yeah, so the Kickstarter is already up and we're 30% funded so far. So making some decent progress. We're almost halfway there. And the book is currently being illustrated. They're in now. All of the sketches are fully done and they're just doing like coloring in the lines. We picked all of the text and font, things like that. I'm working with a really amazing couple that are an illustration team as well. So a lot of different perspectives. Their kids are really involved in the book, which I've really enjoyed seeing the pictures of. There's coloring pages as well on the Kickstarter too, if you wanted to do something like that as well. That's awesome. Let's go, Naked Parent Nation. Let's uh, let's let's make an impact. It sounds cool. Um, you'll send us the links so that we can put it in the show notes so people that want to get involved can check it out. Wow, that's exciting. Thank you. I, I can't wait to check it out. So tell us a little bit about how you, at 25 years old, you have great energy. You seem very positive. But I was still feeling sorry for myself at 40 years old, 10 years after my kids were born. How do you stay so positive? How do you get through the difficult days? What's that like for you? Is it lonely? It's going to sound backwards, but I felt significantly less lonely when I 
actually cut ties with a lot of the people in my life. Like I said, my sister was like, you need to treat this like getting sober. And one of the things you do when you're getting sober is you stop hanging out with all of your old friends. And that was the hardest part. But the connections that I formed, particularly with my sister, have been so much deeper and so much more rewarding that I actually feel less lonely. And one of the bigger blocks I had too was it's hard to talk about your feelings, especially when you're struggling because you don't want people to know. But if you do that, you're going to feel more alone. I love Jacqueline's episode. She talked about how if you don't share your feelings one day, you're going to explode. And for me, if you don't, if I didn't share my feelings, there was that wall up. I couldn't get that connection. And then I felt lonelier than ever. So that's one thing I would say is be honest with people. Um, That's been a huge thing for me. I really aligned with what you said about it's all in your mindset and your mind is the key to liberation. I think for me, at first I was like, what am I going to talk about? I haven't even done anything except for change the way that I think. And my mom was like, yeah, that's the point is you changed the way that you think. And that's changed your whole life because it really is. You live in your head forever. I have sticky notes all over my house, the positive affirmations. Um, I actually have a couple of different quotes from you and some of the other parents I've heard that I was writing down last night uh-huh. and putting them on my wall. So I should walk around my house and I see them all the time. If I'm having a bad moment, I can like look to my left in any room and it's like, oh, there's a positive affirmation. I need to think about that. Breath work too, because you can do it anytime throughout the day. You don't need to be so, like, it's nice to sit on your mat and have your candles and stuff. But just throughout the day, I'll be like, in through your nose, out through your mouth. You got this. It's okay. Um, yeah, I feel like those are the main things. Ashley, I think you're going to change the world. I mean, you really, I got a good read on people. You're going to really, you're going to go far and you're going to help a lot of people. I hope you know that. And I hope that you can hear that somewhere on the dark day because you got great energy where you are at 25 is amazing. And you just have that thing, whatever that thing that you can't uh, label. And so I want to encourage you to keep going. For me, one of the things that was amazing about the mind was for most of my life, I thought that my ability to read things and perceive things and how much information I could take in, I always thought that was like a strength. Yeah. That I like could tell what everybody, you know, now I'm learning that that's not, it was crushing me and those thoughts that were going on in my head, you know, and I would believe them. And it was like, you should do this. And then you do it and it was wrong. And then your voice would be like, oh, you shouldn't do that. And it's like this, wait a second, you just told me I should do that. And then you just switch like, and the thing I'm listening to is the thing that's like confusing me the most. Mm -hmm. It's like if somebody gave me the advice, like my mind has given me and I acted on it and found out how wrong it is, I would never talk to them again. But yet it's like the thing I listen to the most. And so that's really the whole, where the whole naked parenting thing came from. It's like the book that I plan to write. And it's really about recognizing that there is that voice and that we shouldn't believe that voice. Yeah. We shouldn't listen to that voice. Yeah. It's the lies that we tell ourselves that crush us. It's amazing. And I, you know, and somebody told me that like the voice is there cause it's always trying to balance. So, mm-hmm. If you're not doing something, it's telling you to do it. And then when you do it, it's telling you not to do it because it's trying to balance. It's trying to bring, you know, so you're never going to really get the truth. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this other guy who I kind of study, Michael Singer, who wrote The Untethered Soul, which has been a book that I do over and over. 
he said, it's just better to never listen to it. You know, yeah. unless you're using it to do two plus two, like it's just better not to listen to it at all. And that's what I'm working on doing, but it's easy to get lost and forget. And then you're like, what did they, how can't believe they said that blah, 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 blah. blah. And then it's like, shoot, I just lost myself for a while. So anyway, I'm really proud. I'm stoked that I know you. I'm stoked that like, I hope we stay connected and continue this journey together because I want to know people like you because I think you got a cool vibe. Just kind of because we don't have all day, just so we can get more of your thoughts and opinions. We do like a lightning round where you give like one word to one sentence answers to a few questions. First thing that comes in your mind. You hey, ready? All right. What's the best advice you have received? One day at a time. What online course topic would you sign up for today if it was available? Pottery. Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? Probably my state's parent center, if your state has a parent center. What's the next thing on your list that you want to add for your individual well-being? School. I want to go back to college. For Do you know what you want to study yet? Yeah, I want to be a nurse. Awesome. What's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it? New running shoes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have, I, I like running shoes too. Do you have a favorite product that you use for yourself or your child that you just love and couldn't live without? Probiotics. Is there something that you believe to be true that most parents disagree with? Oh man, it's supposed to be the first thing and I'm thinking about it. Um, no, uh, that's, that's I don't a, think so. That one's actually, I, I kind of tricked you because that one's not part of the lightning round questions but I forgot to ask it. And so I just threw it in there. I love your quote. Your quote is little by little one travels far. JR token. Is that your experience? Yeah. It's kind of just another iteration of one day at a time. And I keep finding myself coming back to different versions of the same thing. We're all just reinventing the wheel because it's the only way to do it is one step, one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And I think that leads to maybe my kind of closing question, but I'm thinking of when I was super depressed and things are super dark and life just sucks and it's really not working and nobody really understands and I won't let anybody understand. And for the parents that's out there that's listening, that just feels like they got screwed. They didn't sign up for this and they don't feel like they're enough to be able to pull this off. And they really don't think they can pull this off. What do you say to them? It's okay to say that it sucks and you shouldn't let anyone make you feel guilty for saying that it sucks. You're allowed to have a bad day and you're allowed to have a hard time, but you shouldn't live that way. It's okay to say that it sucks and you shouldn't feel guilty about it, but you also have to keep going. And the only way out is through one foot in front of the other, one step at a time, little by little God made mountains by stacking rocks. Yeah. I love it. So the book is Maddox LeBoy and the Pirate Adventure. And if we follow the links that will be in the show notes, we can participate in getting this book live and launched by the end of April, or at least close down the for sure it's going to happen by the end yes. of April, right? Yes. And All then right. the book officially will come out in October. So the Kickstarter is done by the end of April, and then it goes to print, and then it comes out in October. I'm, I appreciate that you came on the show. I hope Naked Parent Nation shows up to participate in your book launch. And um, I'm stoked that I know you. So 
let's uh, stay in touch, okay? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the support group. Thank you for your sobriety. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. We're all so grateful for you and what you do as well. Uh, you're the best. All you're right. You're the best. Thank you. you. Have a great rest of your day, okay? You too. Bye. Family, I appreciate their, their strength and effort too. Thank you. All right. Say, see ya. This concludes our show for today, and I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes and we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.